0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL podcast channel. In this episode today, going to be just a mini little episode, get some content out to you guys. It's been a minute. We missed a week because of, uh, I'll tell you in a little bit, just a crazy, chaotic week over here in my life. Um, so just going to be a short episode, a solo episode today. It's uh, Christmas night, just got home, just had a little bit of extra time on the day and was chilling. And I'm like, I'll hop on the mic, talk a little bit this week, even though we're in a little bit of a CDL break. Um, and just get some content out to you guys to explain what's happening going forward. Just a chaotic week, nothing um, nothing out of the ordinary, just busy time of year right now. So uh, if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on the audio platforms, drop that follow, drop that five-star review. You guys have, like I always say, been crushing it with the support, uh, and that's no different so far here to kick off the season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, let's just jump into this one. Like I said, going to be more of a mini episode short. Obviously, the matches from last week are, Old at this point, don't have too much to dive into. I'll talk like about a few major ones or something like that. Um, But want to talk about a little news happening. Uh, First, I'll just kick off with uh, what's going on. No episode last week, and obviously I'm solo again today. It's Christmas. Um, Brock's obviously busy with family, too. Didn't want to bother him to have to get on and hop on and just record this mini episode. We'll get him back on uh, in the normal schedule uh, coming next week. Just a a weird time uh, with... The holidays and everything and Brock and I are both currently moving so just crazy chaotic that's why there was no episode last week like the way it was timed out I had to move Tuesday Uh was kind of like where my leases were changing uh, for my apartments and I mean Monday night is the normal recording night and I was packing everything up in my apartment to get it moved I had my PC all packed up couldn't record an episode um, Brock's doing the same thing moving and then I was getting everything all set up and then by the time everything was all set up I was preparing for Christmas, um, and then just like the whole holiday weekend, just a busy time, a lot of family stuff, so I'm like, we're just going to take the week off, Uh, it was just so stressful to get something up, Um, and timing kind of worked out, because there's no CDL matches this weekend, obviously, with it being Christmas weekend, and no matches this coming weekend, with it being New Year's, Um, so yeah, that was a chaotic time, that's why there's no episode, nothing, Um, too out of the ordinary, we'll be. Pretty much back to our normal programming soon. So looking forward to that. But just wanted to hop on and give you guys a little update that I didn't go missing. Um, Just had to to miss one week. First time we've missed a week in a a very long time. Probably over a year to be honest. Um, But yeah, let's talk a little bit about news. Um, So some big time news that dropped in, you know, the space since the last podcast is about COD 2025. That's just crazy to say because we haven't even hit um, like remotely close to even being far into this game uh but cod 2025 is reportedly going to be set uh in 2030 so i believe this i don't think this is technically they're saying um the next game i think the next game is still going to be like a cod um like gulf war or whatever like a early 2000s era cod i thought they said Um, but then this cod 2025 uh, is reportedly Told to be set in 2030 and a direct sequel to Black Ops 2. So I don't remember exactly how it works in the timeline with the campaign. Because like I, I've told you guys in the past, I'm not a campaign player. But I remember obviously in Black Ops 2, Nuketown being called Nuketown 2025. Um, So I would assume Black Ops 2, you know, overall set in 2025. Kind of modern 2030 direct sequel for COD 2025. Apparently it's going to feature BO2 remastered maps as well as new ones. Uh, pick 10 reportedly coming back so Treyarch seems to be saving us once again Um, I'm super excited for this as you guys know Treyarch um, far and away my favorite developer I believe they make the strongest games not only um, in terms of supporting modes because I think zombies is easily the best um, in games where it's done well like a Black Ops 1, 2, 3 Um, I have a friend that even really likes Black Ops 4 zombies not the worst Um, people really like Cold War at times I wasn't a huge fan but people liked it you know Zombies is, in my opinion, the best secondary experience in Call of Duty. I've always, obviously, I'm biased personally towards, like, ranked play and competitive COD. I know um, a lot of people aren't. That's just my personal favorite. Um, and Zombies is definitely my second. Uh, and I know a ton of people love Warzone. Um, I'm not bashing anybody for liking Warzone. It's just not my not my cup of tea. I'm not a huge fan of the only Battle Royale I've really ever enjoyed was kind of prime old, old Fortnite was, like, my my kind of Battle Royale Uh but battle royale is not really my thing so to me zombies is the best secondary game mode there's been in call of duty uh so treyarch always been my favorite for not only the secondary modes like zombies but they always seem to release the best competitive side of the game and the best multiplayer as well so um, they hit on all notes their games usually you look the best vibrant camos, vibrant colors in the maps um and this leak is is very positive so What I think they're doing uh, is also perfect for players, um, both casual and competitive players. I think the the BO2 remastered maps idea as well as new ones is is the perfect combo because when we saw the maps coming for this year, like Modern Warfare 2 maps, I was like, I'm not going to complain about them. Uh, Although I would like to see new maps, but it's hard to complain about them bringing back a lot of OG favorites. Uh, However, I think the best combo you can have is bring back either all or a bunch of the BO2 remastered maps, but also give us new ones. Uh, because A, for uh, for multiplayer, if you have like, you bring back like whatever, 10, 12, 14 maps from Black Ops 2, and then you also add in 10 new maps, it gives multiplayer a good feeling because like, hey, if I want to play like for BO2, if I want to play on any of the random maps you can think of from BO2, uh, like a Yemen or a raid or a standoff or a carrier or some random map, you can still play on those OG maps, but then they also have like half the maps that are new ones that are sprinkled in. So you get to play on either or. And for the competitive side, I think it's better too, because I think ideally we all would like to play new maps every year if we can. The issue is a lot of times the new maps that get released are not great. So it's always good to have those remastered maps from old games that we know are good sprinkled in. So it's like, yeah, you know, we only really have two good new hardpoint maps we can sprinkle in like raid and standoff from Black Ops 2 remastered maps. So stuff like that seems to be perfect in my opinion. Um, So I like the idea of having remastered maps as well, uh, like as the new maps that, you know, new maps in addition to remastered maps, I guess I should say. And then the Pick 10 rumor uh, and everything is is perfect. Uh, And that makes it seem like if we get that uh, like Gulf War or whatever it's supposed to be in that one, they could be back-to-back Treyarch games, which, uh, hello, that's like the dream. Treyarch is the best developer. So getting Treyarch games back to back would be incredible. Um, other news in CDL talks now. Phase Black is back in challengers. So like, remember back in the day in a lot of games like Ghosts and and AW random games like that, Phase had like the main squad and the Phase Black squad, um, which was just like a a separate a uh, separate squad, and sometimes they. Performed better than the main squad. At at, Back in the day, it wasn't like a challengers team. It was just another pro team. Kind of like Optic and Optic Nation with Bose and Ricky and all those guys. um, Back when you could basically have two pro teams. Uh, So FaZe Black is back in challengers. Tongue twister there. Um, They have a roster of a lot of players you know all have been pros at one point uh, in the CDL. Asim, Exceed, Brack, and Kremp. So a solid roster. Cool to see FaZe getting into challenges as one of our bigger orgs. And then... um, who was it? New York subliners kind of tweeted uh, or quote tweeted about adding in a, uh, let me find that quick kind of quote tweeted about adding in a challenge roster and another, like a former pros roster, essentially um, it was like the gunless classic roster like eyes emoji on that. So maybe uh subliners potentially looking to get into challengers there um, would be interesting, obviously bringing that roster. Uh and would be exciting to see because those are players that deserve another chance. I really want to see Gunless back in the league on a team um that supports him and where he can kind of shine as a superstar and have other good players. Who knows if it'll happen? But um nice to see some players and challengers getting some support from from like CDL main orgs and potentially getting some salary because we know it's tough out there to to make it when you're not at least making a little salary. So like to see it for the players getting paid. Um In other news, LAG is just simply not tweeting during their matches. Didn't get a chance to talk about this at all because it kind of happened this past weekend, but Subliners, was it Subliners? I think it was. They were like just tweeting like they were basically LAG for the day and like posting stuff because LAG just refuses to post and then eventually they like randomly posted like happy birthdays to like their coach and players or whatever and like they retweeted some tweets from players and like quote tweeted something about Enable but like during their matches, they just like weren't tweeting at all and then they finally ended up winning a match and they tweeted. So, um, very interesting there that you know they basically tried to get out of the league and now they've just pretty much given up uh you know they've just pretty much given up i guess would be the word for it on even attempting to continue um continuing to support their players that are currently playing but from what we heard like when aches talked in the flank about it, it sounds like it's i believe it's one woman basically running the entire show I, I don't remember if that's correct at all that could be wrong but uh don't envy her at all um because that sounds brutal. Uh, running the entire show, if she's having to do like all operations over there, as well as like maybe she has to be like a, a social media manager. Because if they're not willing to hire like any other staff, I doubt they're hiring a social media manager. That's probably where they cut costs. So um, I do not envy her. That position is horrible <laughs> if she has to do everything herself. But crazy that we just have a quote unquote professional sports league in a way, like they're trying to run this league, a franchise league. Uh, a franchise league with all these teams in it. Kind of crazy. They're just trying to run this, you know, as just um, a team that reportedly, you know, paid that $25 million entry free fee or agreed to it is just, you know, running it like it's a, a random old eSports org from 2010, um, just tweeting whenever they want and just not really caring about their team. It's wild that it's supposed to be like a quote-unquote professional league. Uh, and that's how we have a team operating. Like, could you just imagine um, an NFL world where you've got a, a team... Uh, I don't even know, pick a random team. Uh, They're playing right now as I I record this podcast. So like the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, for those of you that don't know them, they're a team in the National Football League here in the U.S. Um, You imagine on a game day if they just decided, yeah, we're not going to tweet at all. Not going to post any videos of our players, any pictures, any updates about the game, any highlights, any scores. People will be like, what's going on? Why aren't they tweeting? Yeah, it's it's an equivalent in a way here because this is basically supposed to be a, you know, professional league in um, a franchised prestigious league and they're just not tweeting they don't care uh so kind of sad to see all right like i said gonna be a short episode today last thing just wanted to mention a quick like on a couple matches i was able to really catch a lot of friday saw heretics take out vegas uh um 3-1 on the 15th after dropping uh the map one on terminal they went to invasion one in round 11 that was a big comeback uh and then won the control three, two, and then won a 250 to 214 on the hard point. That boy Metals was cooking. Uh, I was placing some prize picks on this match and I placed one on every map and I, it hit on every map. I placed like an individual one on map 1 it hit so I'm like okay I'll place one on map 2 that hit. Place one on map 3 that hit and I place one on map 4 and that hit. So shout out to Metals cuz I'm pretty sure I play something on him like every map and he just he just never let me down. So Heretics they looked uh pretty damn good. Um I'm excited to keep watching them because they're showing no, uh, no signs of slowing down, and uh, League's going to be more exciting if Heretics is playing this well. Uh, another match on Friday, LA Thieves took out Boston in a 3-0 fashion. Uh, this was overall just everybody on uh, LA Thieves was just cooking, and they looked very, very good. Um, not much else to say on that. Both both teams now 1-3 after the weekend, but you know... LA Thieves at least showed a little life in this match before we'll talk about what happened to them in their second match. Uh, and then Optic Seattle. Seattle kind of bottled that map 1 on Skid Row. Optic took advantage of that and then came out, won the Search and Destroy, dropped the control, and then won uh, the map 4. Optic looks very good in Hardpoint right now. Um, Pred and Dashy really showed up in this series. And Optic is now 3-1. and one. They're starting to round into form. And um, I'm not surprised at all. I guess some of the community kind of is surprised that Optic's rounding into form because so many people... We're just like, oh, my God, this team is so bad because of some scrim results. But I, I preached it in multiple podcasts, comment sections, Twitter, and it was like, let's just chill out. Like, maybe if they were a team on paper that looked horrible, like you didn't think the roster was good on paper, and then they struggled in scrims, you could panic. But, I mean, the team has Dashy, Kenny, Pred, and Shotzi. Like, these are all players that at their peaks, uh, we have called Dashy the best player in the game at times, even if it's been a while. Um, we've called Dashi like the best player or one of the best players in the game at times in the past world war two. Um, even leading into, you know, champs and Vanguard, we've called a guy like Kenny, one of the best players in the world. Um, obviously Pred at times we've called him one of the best players in the world since he's been in the league and same with Shotzi. I mean, the dude won an MVP of the league, uh, and won a ring, um, in the CDL era. So like these are dudes we've all called best players in the games. They're up there amongst the best players in the games multiple times in their career, and they're all still very good. Uh, and people were just like, oh my god, this seems chalked after not even watching them play a match. I just can't believe that. Could they start to fall off a little bit and maybe bottom out a little bit at a tournament or something coming up? Sure, maybe, but uh, the fact that there are people out here surprised by Optic having some pretty good results early on. Uh, I mean, they're around 11, Game 5, round 11 away. Uh, against New York subliners from being 4-0. And people were ready to just write them off and say they were just horrible. Um, yeah, wild to me. Uh, then on Saturday, Heretics took out Rocker 3-1. A lot of close maps in this series. Um, again, medals with a very good series. Led the, the lobby in kills and damage with 104 kills and 20,000 damage. Dude is a beast so far in Heretics. Like I said, undefeated Minnesota Rocker. Yet to win a match. Tough there for them. Uh, subliners took down the vegas legion here quick series um vegas kind of seems to be in the same spot that they were before play uh worse teams close maybe get a win here and there but they are still getting taken out by the better teams phase surge uh was the third match on saturday and uh this in the past has been a really interesting one with the civ and pred iteration of the roster the past two years that was always a very competitive match um and was always like one that you always mark down. And like that's a match you got to watch. Because Surge always seems to put up a tough fight against FaZe. Um, they lost 3-1 here. There were some close maps. But overall when you look across the sling. Um, just 1.2 is across the board. basically for FaZe and a 1.0 for a BZ. Um, they were able to handle business. We're not shocked that FaZe has not dropped a match yet. Um, typical FaZe fashion. Toronto Ultra versus Carolina Royal Ravens. Uh, this was just a, a quick swift uh, 3-0 for Ultra, and Ravens continue to look pretty, pretty rough. Um, quick touch on the the matches from Sunday, I suppose. Optic, talk about a quick match. Uh, they steamrolled Ravens. Um, like, you could have, you know, walked away, got some water, made up a little food or something, came back to watch Optic, and the, they were, like, closing all map three when you got back. Uh, this was just across-the-board domination. I mean, Shotzi on the series was 46-34. and 34. That's a 1.35. Yeah, he was the worst KD on his team by far. I mean, Dashi almost dropped a 2.0 on their head. Uh, on the side of Carolina, you had Goddard with a .49, Real with a .52, Clay with a .66. I mean, Clay was the second best KD on his team at a .66. Uh, damage-wise, they were putting nothing in. I mean, they weren't shooting back, essentially. So a little bit disappointing because, you know, in early scrim results, we had heard how, you know, Ravens were maybe a— a really good team and maybe we're a dark horse team and I kind of started to believe some of it and thought you know maybe they could be a dark horse but um, you know that's looking like it was incorrect so far obviously it's a little bit early to just write them off just like I said um, optic has been playing well and I can't believe people wrote them off so early a little bit early to write off Carolina still in my opinion because we're only four matches in to them uh, in for them but considering that the roster doesn't look as good on paper and they're struggling Getting a little bit concerned. The concern meter for them is certainly rising. Uh, however, you know, there's still time to fix it, even though uh, I'm scared for them. But optic swift work. Uh, the whole Sunday was a bunch of 3 O's. LAG um, continues that curse. I guess LAT just can't beat LAG. They got 3-0'd by them. There were some close maps in there. But overall, the slaying, uh, heavy, heavy, heavy inside of LAG. So that's a weird match. I wasn't able to watch that one, but when I saw they 3-0'd him, I just thought it was so funny because, um, you know, just just classic. You think that LAT should be the better team, just like they have or basically should have been this entire time. Uh, and they they still, LAT still finds a way to get 3-0'd by LAG and lose. Uh, LAG pretty much owns them in the, in the all-time series. Um, Then the final match was Boston and Toronto. And just when you think Boston's dead at 0-3 after losing to Thieves, a 3-0 Toronto <laughs> just very 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 weird envoy with an absolute stinker of a series with a 0.49 uh, on the side of Boston Snoopy with a big time takeover he has arrived saw everybody gassing him up on the timeline um, and this is this is what you need to see out of Boston um in my opinion this is the winning formula beating a team like Toronto who we view as a very good team but just across the board when you look at their numbers this is the winning formula it's Snoopy and Capsidal um 1.4 for snoopy with 11,000 damage uh the the third most in the lobby behind scrap and capsidal. Capsidal with the most damage in the lobby dropping a 1.12 uh priesta you know dropping a 1.17 dealing some pretty good damage and then slasher coming in around a one uh anchoring spawns doing the dirty work stuff like that this is what we need to see out of this team um they need their superstar smgs to be superstars uh we know snoopy has high potential we know capsidal has high potential they have to hit that ceiling. Priest has got to pick up some of that slack, and Slasher just got to be there to do the rest and direct the troops. That's what we need to see out of Boston, so maybe a stepping stone series going forward for them. As for Ultra, just maybe a bad series. Maybe they overlooked Boston a little bit. Uh, I'm interested to see going forward uh, how they look because I still believe strongly in this Ultra team, but just a, a little bit of a roadblock there for them um and yeah that's about it for the matches last week like i said didn't want to bore you guys too long you saw all these matches there. they're pretty old at this point uh kind of looking forward to next week not going to do match predictions obviously because we don't have brock here uh, and the next set of matches isn't until january 12th uh so we got this weekend off the next weekend off um and then they're finally back so we might not even do predictions next week we might do you know something a little bit more random um but looking forward to next week you know uh on friday I mean, one match, probably pretty bad. LAG and FaZe, Rocker, Subliners, kind of whatever. But I'm excited for Surge versus Toronto. Uh, That could be a very good match. Uh, And then on that Saturday, January 13th, Surge-Heretics is a a solid match that I look forward to. Um, Ultra-Thieves could be interesting. Optic versus Vegas, uh, kind of eh, matches on that day. Uh, And then Sunday, Vegas versus FaZe. Uh, Carolina versus Minnesota a a real great one there Uh, and then subliners thieves and breach heretics so kind of some sets of some teams we think are very good versus some teams that we think aren't so good next weekend not not the best matches but either way looking forward to checking those out uh, and watching those Uh, but that's gonna do it for this one if you guys enjoyed be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe on YouTube Uh, if you're on the audio platforms drop a follow drop a five-star review now I appreciate all the support. Brock appreciates all the support. Like I said, uh, just a crazy time right now with both of us moving, holidays, uh, birthdays in the family, just all kinds of things going on. Just crazy busy. So sorry for no episode last week, but sometimes life gets very busy and you got to make a little exceptions. Uh, but either way, uh, hopefully, hopefully back on a normal schedule next week. Appreciate you guys all for watching. Hope you guys uh, had great holidays, great times, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate hope regardless whatever it is you had a great time uh doing it hopefully with some family friends whatever it was um i appreciate all of you greatly 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 um just a lot of moves in life going on right now so um, i appreciate all your support as always looking forward to hopping on next week again and hopefully getting back to our normal schedules thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you in the next one